All right. Welcome, everyone. I'm Adam Petrus. And I'm Hale Hentges. And this is Chalk Talk. The past few months have been a whirlwind with the back-to-back NFL and college bowl games. I can't believe it's already the NFL draft time and we're in April, but it is. So I thought we could hear what Jim Nagy has to say about the current NFL prospects. Now, Jim spent many years as an NFL scout and now serves as the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl, where hundreds of NFL scouts and thousands of fans converge to watch the preeminent college football all-star game of the year. The Senior Bowl is the game in which many college seniors become serious NFL prospects. And as Jim says, the draft starts in Mobile, so there's a lot of pressure to perform and a a lot of attention being given on every single move these guys and these athletes make. And now the same is true of the HBCU Bowl, which showcases the incredible talent of players from the historically black colleges and universities. And as a side note, you know, Zebra had the pleasure of tracking the HBCU Combine with the same technology that we were using at the Reese's Senior Bowl since 2016. And so I must say, you know, Jim, scouting has to be a tough job. I mean, there's just so much talent out there. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me on. It's going to be fun. Uh, yeah, it's it's a tough job, but, um, you know, fi- finding the talent is is the easy part. The hard part's like staying in Fairfield Inns 200 nights a year and being being away from your, your wife and kids like that. No, it's, it's a demanding profession, man. Like I, a, a lot of people, you know, inquire about getting into it and they think it's just like this dream job. And it is. I mean, it was it was my dream job, but Man, it's a lot harder uh, when you get into it, especially when you have family demands. It's, uh, I think, like with any job in football, if you're if you're being honest with yourself, I mean, most of these jobs are are single man jobs. Um, they're, you know, when you when you bring a, a wife and kids into the picture, man, it's it's uh, quality of life suffers. Um, just the just the demands on on the professions, but uh, no, it's been it's been awesome. Uh, really, in this move to the Senior Bowl, I think we're going to talk about it a little bit, but. Uh, no, it's, uh, you know, going out and trying to find great players. Um, that's the goal. That's the goal. And when you, when you, when you run into a great one, man, you never forget about it. Uh, it it's always memorable. Yeah. And Adam, I would also add that just the opportunity from a player, former player perspective that the senior bowl puts on is just invaluable for all these guys to be able to say, you know, I have an outlet now, a stage where I can perform in front of, all eyes in the NFL. I mean, it's one of the premier, if not the premier event where every scout is looking at who are the guys that are performing, uh, what are they doing, and how does that translate to a potential former or a potential player for me? It's just, you know, as a former player, getting that opportunity is uh, just everything. So with, you know, Jim and the Senior Bowl, it's just, it's a, it's a great event, and we're going to talk more about that here shortly. But uh, it's uh, truly something that all players are, are thankful to have. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, uh, and so Jim, as you know, this, uh, this podcast is going out to the Zebra Nation and a lot of our colleagues, uh, and employees around the globe. And, uh, I'm glad you brought that up on the personal side, uh, in the travel footprint. I think a lot of our uh, Zebra sales associates and executives can, um, relate to the Fairfield Inn and the Courtyard Marriott's and balancing the professional duties and getting out there and getting deals done and the excitement that comes with it, uh, and then also the balance of you know personal life. And so maybe we'll touch back on that in a little bit. But um, let's get right into it here. And um, you know, Jim, you, you kind of got into it a little bit, but you know, take us back to your career about starting out as a scout. Your dream started out in your dream job, been in the NFL a long time, and now ultimately executive director of the Senior Bowl. But just tell us. 
being a scout, what does that all entail? Uh, yeah, I mean, you're, you're the, you're the boots on the ground, um, you know, trying to find, trying to, you know, trying to build the roster, you know, scouting is kind of the lifeblood of, of an NFL organization. Uh, you know, coaches are, coaches are hugely important in it. Um, I was, I was fortunate enough to be with six Super Bowl clubs. And, and a lot of the reason behind that is, is we had great coaching. I was really lucky to be with two of the great, all two of the all time greats and Bill Belichick and, and Pete Carroll. Um, during my time, but you need players. I mean, that's the bottom line. They, you know, just like where, where, where Hale's coming from at the University of Alabama. I mean, Nick Saban is probably the unquestioned greatest college head coach of all time, but you need to get, he needs to have players. Um, and that's why recruiting is, recruiting is the lifeblood of, of what they do in college and scouting is the lifeblood of what goes on in the NFL. So, I mean, really, if you want to, you know, scouting is, is divided into two parts when you get to the NFL level and that's college. College on one side and pro on the other. Um, you know, to boil down college pretty simply, I mean, you're you're at a school every day. Um, you're di- you're at a different school every day. If they have the same, uh, you know, the level of prospects that Alabama does, then you you might spend a couple days there. Um, but you're going school to school, and you're 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 meeting with all the coaches, all the support staff, really trying to figure out who these guys are as people and how they're wired. Um, you know, just maturity, dedication, competitiveness, toughness. Um, all those sorts of things. You're meeting with all those people and then you're, you're watching the tape while you're at the school and then you're going out to practice and, and trying to formulate some of your own observations and, and watching these guys practice and, and, uh, and then you're on to the next place. So, uh, you know, that, that's really the fall process. And then you get into the, you get into January, February with all star games and in the combine in March and then pro days. And, and here we are, we're, we're on the cusp of the draft and then. You know, over the summertime, you're watching their their junior and their sophomore tape to get ready to go back out in the fall. So it it really is a year on process. Um, you know, just like the coaches and the scouts, NFL organization, you you get about four or five weeks off a year over the summertime. But but uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's definitely a, a year round deal nowadays. And then on the pro side, they're they're just scouting the other pro players. Um, the, the the pro scouting side, you'll split it up and. Um, everyone will have a, a handful of teams and you're scouting every guy in the league. So um, sorry for being long winded, but that's uh, that's kind of scouting in a nutshell. Yeah, that's that's incredible, Jim. I think everyone really appreciates that overview to understand, like, there's a lot that goes into this, right? It's it's time. It's time away from your family. Like you said, I mean, you really have to sacrifice to be the best at what you do. And I think everyone at Zebra can appreciate that. Uh, let's let's pivot for a moment and, and kind of in that same vein that you were talking about. Uh, let's talk about a guy like Tariq Wollen, who went to UTSA. Um, greatly benefited from the senior bowl, from his time there. And how do you, you know, translate the RFID data that is captured there to bring value to him? Because if you're looking at a guy like Tariq who played at UTSA, maybe he doesn't have the tape against premier opponents, like if you're scouting a guy at Alabama, let's say. So how does that RFID data that you capture at the senior bowl translate to value for him in terms of his draft stock moving forward? Well, for Tariq, it, it, it's always nice being in a league mobile saying you're the fastest man in the senior bowl, which to, <laughs> which to you, when you're the senior bowl's fastest man, I mean, Terry McLaurin, uh, the Pro Bowl, all pro receiver for the Washington Commanders was that guy a few years ago. So that's always a good crown to wear. But, uh, no, I think, I think a guy for Tariq, you nailed it. I mean, they, you know, when you're at a group of five school like that or an FCS level school or, or even, I mean, we've had division three players in the game the last few years, but, uh, 
I mean, it's 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 more of an apples to apples comparison. They'll, they'll play up. You know, UTSA played up a couple games where they played a couple power five opponents. But, you know, to be on the field with with guys from the SEC and the Big Ten and, and kind of the best of the best from around college football, it puts everyone on that on that same playing field and, and you get the eval. But when that when the data comes out, um, you know, th- that's what they're looking at. They're looking at, you know, how do these guys compete? Because a lot of what play speed, a lot of things that are tied into play speed, our competitiveness in, in how these guys, you know, perform when they're, when they're going against the best. And uh, there's, there's a lot of examples of that. Um, you know, one, one example I use with our data is, is in the last year's game, the 2021 game, I'm sorry, the 2022 game, uh, was Damian Pierce, the running back from Florida. I know I, you know, he hit like the highest max speed that week and it was on a kickoff. It was on the opening kickoff in the, I- in the game itself. And, and I've told people that here, Damien's, you know, one of the top running backs in the NFL draft and, you know, probably was, yeah, he was already in the conversation, had a really good chance to be offensive rookie of the year this year, had he not got hurt late in the season. I think he, he finished with 900 and some yards and was on track for well over a thousand had he not got hurt. But here we've got one of the best running backs in the draft and he's busting it down on kickoff coverage unit um, on the opening snap of the game, which tells you, told the NFL you know, what kind of competitor Damien was like he was he was trying to get down there and make a tackle. So, um, no, there's so many great takeaways with the data. I know we're going to I know we're going to you know dive more uh, deeper into that. But that's just that's an example. And, and Tariq, again, I mean, he goes from the senior bowl being the fastest man then goes to the combine. He was the I think the first he's the fastest player over six foot three in the history of the combine running four two six at Indy. Um, when all those data points start to align it, you can start really building your case as a scout like. I mean, look at look at how rare this guy is. Look at the look at the rare tools this guy possesses, and and all those data points help. Wow, that's that, that's a great explanation. And uh, yeah, Tariq Woolen, what a great story. And uh, it all started right there in Mobile uh, for him. So hey, I got two things that have come up here, and I know our, our listeners in Zebra Nation are going to say one worked for six Super Bowl clubs. That's pretty very impressive. You're like Hale Henches walking around our um, sales kickoff with his Alabama championship rings. And then secondly, um, you know, yes, the fastest uh, of the king of speed at the um, Reese's Senior Bowl. And so 2023 game, Darius Rush, South Carolina defensive back, 21.6 miles per hour. So just throwing that stat line out there. But, Jim, let's go back, you know, your career. Um you were a scout, started out as a scout. How did you get into scouting and, and maybe why not coaching? Uh, yeah, I've been asked that a lot. You know, I, I got, yeah, I, football was always my life and my dad was a high school coach. So, I mean, I always tie it back to like my earliest memories of, you know, being a three-year-old and four-year-old and out at two-a-day practices when my dad was coaching and, you know, falling asleep on tackling dummies during two days and, you know, <laughs> scrape, scraping cleats with screwdrivers on, on muddy weather games and, uh, you know, just being around it and just watching old black and white, you know, reels with my dad when he was, when he was watching his practice tape and all those things. And I never got bit by the coaching bug. I, I you know, when, it, when you get into scouting, um, you know, there's some guys in the league that have a hard edge towards the, the talking heads on TV, the Mel Kuypers and the Todd McShays. Um, because it doesn't really matter if those guys are wrong. At least that's what the NFL scouts think. Like those guys are going to continue to have their jobs. Whereas if a scout is wrong enough, you're going to lose your job. So, um, (laughs) but I give, I give Mel, you know, secondarily some credit for, 
for getting me started because I, you know, watching the draft as a young kid, um, something just, something just captured me about the draft process. And, and they're really what, what it was, was the team building aspect of it. Um, again, I love to get out on the field with players. We have a, we have a youth NFL uh, flag league down here for, for kids ages six to 12. And I get out to a lot of high school camps and I, I love working with kids on the field and working on skill development, but man, it's the, it's the team building part of it that, that really, really got really, really captured me. So um, that's what it was. And, and when I came out of high school, uh, my only offers were like small school offers. And uh, this was pre-internet. Unfortunately, I'm aging myself. You couldn't just <laughs> Google how to be an NFL scout. There was no, there was no Google. So um, I got into the University of Michigan, which was kind of my dream school, um, you know, and I figured, you know, if you're going to get to the NFL, you're going to have to be around a program like that, which, so I went there, I, I worked with the coaching staff my last couple of years to make connections and network, and then really got lucky. I sent out resumes and cover letters. It was really an old school story. I sent out resumes and cover letters to all 32 teams in the league. And, uh, you know, the only, the only, the only team that reached back out. Um, and gave me an opportunity was the Green Bay Packers in 1996. And, uh, it was a, it was a really magical year. They won the Super Bowl that year. Uh, I went up there. I li- lived with one of the guys on the team, worked my butt off. And then, um, uh, you know, it's like anything, any line of work. I mean, it's, 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 uh, you know, it can be who you know and not what you know. And once you get in a building like Lambeau Field where we worked and, and that staff that I was around, there were six future GMs on that staff. So, you know, you work hard and, and, and you get around the right people. Sometimes you get the breaks. And uh, I was fortunate enough, John Schneider, who's now the, currently the GM of the Seattle Seahawks, was on that staff. And when, when he got a job to leave there and go to the Washington Commanders, uh, back then the Washington Redskins, um, John hired me to be a, a full-time scout. So that's kind of that's how it all started for me. Wow, that that's awesome. And again, I think that resonates. So, you know, hard work, determination, uh, the old school way, right? You know, um, yes, the the Internet is a beautiful resource today for uh, aspiring uh, future scouts, coaches, athletes. But, uh, yeah, you rolled up your sleeves. And, and, and again, back to our Zebra workforce, it's it's all about, you know, hard work will deliver results. And, and Hale and I were just talking about this prior to the call of the, putting the time in, but getting yourself out there and then um, having good things happen along the way. So. You know, you, you become a scout, you get the opportunity to go to a few different clubs, and then tell us about how the opportunity came about uh, to become the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl. Yeah, so the, this game's been, and we're going to be celebrating our 75th year here um, coming up next year, so this is a big, big year for us, and the game's, the game, the, the game originated in Jacksonville, Florida. The first, the first Senior Bowl was in Jacksonville back in, I think, 1950, um, and it didn't do well, um, so... A group of uh, a group of bankers from Mobile, Alabama, brought the game here, and it's been here ever since. And um, I married a Mobile girl. I met her in Chicago years ago. Uh, my wife Lindsay. And when we started having kids, I was living in the Midwest. We were living in Cleveland, Ohio. I was scouting for the Patriots. And uh, like I said, I just talked about the you know the stresses that that uh, you know having having you know, being on the road can can, can uh, you know. You, you know, the, the, just the, there's the whole pressure of being on the road and, and taking you away from your family and what the impact that can have. Um, she wants, she's like, Jim, we, you know, this is great and all, but, and I'm supporting you in your career, but we got to get home. I got, I need some help. So we, uh, we moved back to Mobile in 2007. Uh, we've been here ever since. So when the, when the senior bowl job came open in the summer of 2018, um, 
the guy that ran the game before me was a, a guy by the name of Phil Savage, who was the GM of the Cleveland Browns. So when, when uh, this job came open, I called our GM in Seattle, uh, who I referenced, John Schneider, and I just said, John, I, I feel like i got to go for this job. Uh, and, he, and, and I'll clean up his language a little bit, but he said, you know, you're <laughs> dang right, you got to go for that job. So uh, it was really a family decision. And, uh, you know, my son was getting to be high school age. He's, he's a senior right now. So, uh, you know, the last five years, I've been able to see him through his high school years and never miss a, a high school football game or a basketball game. And my, my daughter's in eighth grade now. So um, it was really a family decision. And uh, I went for it. And I was really fortunate that I was I was the right guy for the job. At least they felt I was the right guy for the job back then. And uh it's been great, but it was really, it really came. I wasn't looking to getting out of the NFL, but this was just such a unique opportunity that um, I could grow, grow, you know, really grow in the profession, grow my skill set, still do what I love to do, and that's evaluate players um, and and stay home and 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 not not miss seeing my kids grow up. So that's kind of that's kind of kind of how it all went down. That's awesome, and I think everyone out there who has family or a family is near and dear to them can appreciate that and understand. You know, sometimes you uh, go one path and it leads you to another path, and it's uh, it's all about opportunity and who you know, like you said. And you know, speaking of the Senior Bowl and how that has evolved and developed, you spoke about this a little bit earlier, but could you go into just another explanation a little bit deeper about okay? I'm a college sophomore, college junior, and I, I would like to play in this game. How do you and your staff recruit players to participate in the Senior Bowl? What does that process look like? Yeah, Hal, that's a that's a really good question. I'll try to be as succinct as, as possible. Sure. Uh, you know, so when I when I took the job, you know, some of the uh, some I had really good advice from an agent. And he said, Jim, he's like, right now we hold way too much power in this process. You know, guys get the invite. They don't really know what to do. So they come to us. And right now, I mean, depending on the agent, some guys will say, yeah, go play in it. Others will be like, no, you're already going to be a first or second round pick. Why don't you try to protect yourself and not put yourself in harm's way? Well, so we need to get out there. You know, the Senior Bowl has been an awesome game forever. Like I said, we've, we've got we have 181 first round picks since the year 2000, not None of the all-star games combined have a first-round pick. We've got 181. So um, the game's been great for a long, long time. But what it showed me was that we had a little bit of a marketing issue, that if, if players didn't really know about the game and really know what to do with a senior bowl invite, that's a, that's a problem. So um, we've used social media. I mean, that's plain and simple. I didn't have I didn't have a Twitter account when I was scouting. You know, I, I didn't have Facebook. I didn't have, I didn't have any social media Um but in order to connect with the players, I mean, these, I mean, young young people are all on their phones right now, and I I see it with two kids, you know, with two teenagers. Um, they live on their phones, so I thought the easiest path would be to use social media to connect with these guys. So, you know, we we've used it quite a bit. You know, we'll we'll watch tape in the in the spring in the summer. Uh, we'll post a lot about those guys. We'll tag them in all the posts. We go out to the games in the fall. I've got a this year, I had a team of nine former NFL scouts on the road, like all over the country, spread out. So we're at we were at double digit games every college football Saturday this fall, and and uh, our scouts will take videos during pregame of these guys warming up and going through position drills on the field, and uh, and then I'll post them from my Twitter account. We'll tag the players, and there was kind of that aha moment my first year. There was a defensive end at Mississippi State, Hal, who you went against, a guy named Montez Sweat, who uh, oh yeah ended up ended up, ended up being a first round pick of the Washington Commanders, and 
set the all-time record at the combine for being the fastest player, fastest D lineman in the history of the combine. He ran four four one at like two hundred and sixty five pounds, which is absolutely insane. Um, but we, you know, I was driving home from a from Hattiesburg or uh, from. Uh, um, geez, what, uh, Starkville, <laughs> Starkville, uh, driving home from Starkville and I had posted the video of Montez before the game and, uh, driving home and checked my phone at a gas station and, and there Montez Sweat had followed me and, and retweeted the post. And that was the first year I'm like, okay, we might be onto something here. So that's really, been, that's really been the thing, Hal, is, is connecting with the players and getting it out there. So now rather than when they get their invite in November or December and, and not knowing what to do with it. They're fired up to play in the game. Uh, you know, they're excited about it. There's been some buildup. There's been some anticipation. And, you know, we've done some other things since then. We do a watch list every year. We do, you know, we, we mail the guys some stuff. And, and, and the key is getting them excited about it and seeing that you need to show them that there's value in it. You need to show them that there's value in coming to Mobile, even for the guys in Tuscaloosa. So, um, you know, I think that a lot of Alabama guys over the years have been like, why would I go play in another game when I've, I mean, I play 15 games a year against the best competition in America. Why would I have to go play in an all-star game? And, and to them, I always, you know, it's the decision makers down here in Mobile. It's we credentialed over 900 NFL people at this year's game. Um, and for, for these GMs, I think, you know, 30 of the 32 GMs were at the game this year. The only two that weren't were the teams playing in the Super Bowl. So, you know, and I think we had 15 or 16 head coaches this year. So to have those guys on the field in the middle of one-on-one drills watching you compete, um, man, that's powerful stuff. That's, that's, I get it that, that this, you know, the Clemsons, the Alabamas, the, the USC's, the Michigans all play on big stages all the time against good competition. But, um, I think if you talk to any of the guys that have been through Alabama, you played with that came down here, it's, it's even ramped up even more. So, um, again, I, I get going on these, sometimes these are long answers. So I, <laughs> I, I hope, I hope, I hope I covered that. No, this is, this is excellent. And, um, this is fantastic insight. And look, Jim, there's no question that you have elevated the stock, the profile and the value of the Reese's senior bowl to the players. And then of course the benefit to the benefit of fans, but exclusively the NFL and the teams and the scouts who are paying attention. As you said, I mean, the numbers are up year after year with scouts, head coaches, GMs on the field there for the week of practices and the game. Um, you are the preeminent and you're the only all-star game that's actually tracked utilizing the same technology that the NFL uses for its next gen stats program, which is the zebra UWB RFID solution. So as we look at that, you know, um, how how has you know the utilization of the technology played into the continued evolution of the Reese's Senior Bowl? There's there's you know Adam that's a great question. There there's so many benefits that like you can't anticipate even. I mean this data is so so valuable to the to the teams. You know I mean they're all wired in at all 32 facilities and they can you know track load and all those types of types of things for for from a you know a sports performance uh, perspective. But man, one thing like that I never dawned on me. Here we are three years ago in the middle of a pandemic. Um, the NFL cancels the combine. There's no pro days, um, you know, and, and, and we were kind of steadfast in having our game. And now in hindsight, uh, very grateful that, that everything worked out and we were able to have our senior bowl during, during, uh, you know, during COVID. But I, you know, you go back the year before um, we had the game. And then I guess this was the spring of 2020. We had the game. 
they go to the combine and then pro days were canceled because COVID hit right after, right after the combine. But one thing that happened that year, um, and I'll bring up like one specific case, there was a player named Van Jefferson, a receiver from uh, University of Florida who ended up being a, a third round pick to the uh, LA Rams. Well, Van came down here to the senior bowl, uh, posted some really big numbers. I can't remember what they were, but, but really all, all his speed data and everything was, was really high end. Then he, he got hurt training before, before the combine. So he wasn't able to run a 40 at the combine and then pro days get canceled. So, you know, I had teams reaching out back out to, to us about, you know, getting his, getting his zebra stuff, um, from senior bowl week. And they were able to show like what Van did on the field compared to the guys in the receiver group that actually did run at the combine, which was almost all of them. Um, I mean, he would have, he would have run in the four threes if you just took the, the on field, um, uh, Zebra stuff. So no, I mean that's just one case. But man, there's so many benefits to it. And I, who would have ever foreseen a global pandemic, right? But but uh, you know, I tell all these guys, I share that story with the players every year now. That hey, like come, you you never know what's going to happen after you leave Mobile. I mean, God forbid. I mean, guys do get hurt training. Guys get hurt at the combine. So you don't know if the rest of your process is going to go the way you want it to go. I mean, this might be it for you. So you know, go out there on Tuesday and Wednesday and bust it because. Who knows? You might get hurt Thursday. You might get hurt in the game. You might get hurt training. Um, so post some, post some, post some data when you can post some data. So, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's so many huge benefits, but I just, to me, that one always sticks out because it was, you know, it was obviously unforeseen. Uh, but that just shows you the value of, of, of what you guys do for us. Absolutely. And it, you know, you could really hear from everything that you're saying, the intrinsic value that this data is having on NFL teams, the scouts, and it, it really helps them to formulate, uh, an excellent opinion based on fact, right? And that's, that's really something that, uh, we are, are grateful to play a part of. But, you know, we talk about the, the scouts and the teams and that makes sense. But what about the players? Do you find that the players are adopting to this technology and that they're saying, Hey, can I see my, you know, my data or, Oh man, I was moving fast on that one. I'd love to see the numbers on that. Do you find that more players are starting to realize what's going on and how that data can help them, you know, generate higher draft stock? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I think Adam can, Adam can verify this. Uh, the coolest part is when we do our player award ceremony on Friday and, uh, we've always done like players of the week awards. The only thing that I've, I've shifted a little bit differently once we got here five years ago was I have the players vote on each other. Um, and they, and they vote against the position that they go up against in practice. So, you know, on the, on the American team, the O line will vote on the D line, the corners will vote on the wideouts kind of, you know, and so on and so forth. So to me as a player, that's a heck of a lot more meaningful if, if my peers are voting on me. You know, the guys that are laying their hands on me are 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 voting on me rather than like a group of scouts or, you know, see some senior bowl committee. So that we've changed that up. But you know, now now Zebra Adam does all his awards and man to see the guy some of the you know the fastest man awards and the fastest ball speeds for the quarterbacks and all those things. I mean, they really get into that. You know, I you no, know, bring it back. You talk about players being interested. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, we had a we had a rainy weather day in the stadium. It was uh, two years ago with with Kenny Pickett, the quarterback from Pitt, um, Desmond Ritter, who's going to be the starter this year for the Atlanta Falcons, Malik Willis um, from the Tennessee Titans. That was kind of the group of quarterbacks. Bailey Zappi, um, and I think Bailey was the one that actually came to me. Bailey Bailey started a bunch of games last year as a rookie in New England. Um, you know, he's the backup to your guy Hal, back backup to your guy Mac Jones. Um, but I think, you know, Bailey's big knock was arm strength. 
Um, at least that's, you know, kind of the perceived knock on Bailey coming into the draft process was, does he have a strong enough arm coming from a school like Western Kentucky? And before that, he was at, a, he was at even a smaller school, Houston Baptist. So um, he wanted to prove, he wanted to prove to people that his arm stacked up with, with guys like Ritter and Pickett and, and Willis. Um, so he was really interested in his data. And there was one of those days during the week where we had a rainy day and it rained basically the whole practice. Um, and he wanted to see, and it was windy. So like he wanted to see where his numbers stood out in the, you know, in the inclement weather. And he wanted that, he wanted that data to give to his agent. So his agent could give it to the team. So, um, that's one, that's one instance where that, that stuck out. Yeah. Where a player came to me and actually wanted to get data from a particular day. Yeah, it's pretty powerful stuff. And, uh, Hale, as you know, and the Zebra listeners, you know, I've had the pleasure of, uh, being in Mobile for the last two, uh, senior bowls and interacting with Jim and his team on the sidelines, being there when the coaches and scouts are evaluating. And I was there for that bad weather day, uh, watching the, uh, the quarterbacks and, and kickers, um, doing their thing in the wind and the rain. And, um, you know, a neat thing that we did this year was working with the Jim and his staff is that, you know, because our system is real time, you know, location system, real time data, we were able at the end of each practice, we were able to highlight some of the fastest, um, some of the fastest times from offensive and defensive players, linebackers, as well as some of the quarterback and kicking stats, which was a nice little feature to highlight to all the not only to the players, but of course, to Jim's point, it's the scouts and it's the GMs and the coaches, you know, to give them some fresh data points to verify against what they saw on the screen or rather what they saw on the field and, and pick that up into their, to their, to their notes as well as discussions and dinners with the athletes later that day and throughout the week. So, uh, very cool how the Zebra real-time location solution RFID has ta- has played into this modern you know evaluation process. So Jim, yep. you know, yeah. as a scout, um, you know, and overall or talking within the community, are there a certain set of stats um, that you feel? the game in terms of helping scouts, coaches, or even players, you know, appreciate their potential. Is there maybe a stat that you think should, that should be valued more than it is? Um, I don't know. That's, you know, it, it kind of varies depending on who you talk to, how these teams are using analytics nowadays. I mean, there's, you know, a lot, it's, it's, it's growing, obviously growing. I mean, you got, and you guys are at the forefront of it. Uh, but I think a lot of these teams are still trying to get a handle on, you know, the best ways to use it. That's why you're seeing, you know, the beefed up departments. You can't just can't ask a bunch of old school scouts to really, emb- you know, really embrace and harness and, and focus in on the right stuff. So um, it depends on who you talk to. But to me, I, I think, you know, one of the one of the best things to gauge is, is some of the deceleration numbers some of the acceleration and deceleration numbers, just because that applies to, you know, those perimeter skill guys and and. Most importantly, you know, in, in the in the linebackers and the running backs, because you know the ability. I, I think what I think what gets lost a lot is you hear a lot about acceleration, and that's very important. But the deceleration aspect of it um, is, is almost more important. The guys that can that can stop and start back up. So I would say that you know I think that's that's been um, one of the things that's been talked about the most. You know, when I when I talk to the teams about the stuff is it's just tracking. You know, the ability to get in and out of breaks and accelerate, decelerate, and you know, we always talk about separation and receivers being able to get open. I think that's been that's been a really cool thing. Actually, you know, you think you see it on tape, but having numbers behind that can uh, 
can really help paint paint the right picture. Yeah, well said. And the one thing here at Zebra that we are on the forefront of, and it's a constant war for us every day, is continually pushing the the message of modernizing, revolutionizing uh, just the modern workforce, right? And what that needs to look like. Here's Maybe here's a way that people have always done something. How can we improve that and make things easier for the worker uh, and for the business? So, you know, in terms of NFL uh, draft stock and, and scouts and all those things. How do you see people who have always scouted a certain way? Do you see that they are coming over to recognizing the value of data? You know, we've had a couple clubs that really have embodied and embraced the stats and the data, and that's been awesome. But do you find that you know maybe we are still a little bit ways out for some of these you know traditional scouts and clubs to really embrace the data? Are you seeing that change happen real time? Yeah, I, I think if you're not, you're you're getting pushed aside, right? right. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll speak to this. Like even in my time, in my 25 years in scouting, this thing is is uh, whole thing is is shifted. So much, you know, just skewed so much younger, the whole profession. When I got into scouting, you'd show up to a school, some, you know, you'd go to Tuscaloosa and there'd be a room full of guys in their 60s and 70s. Like that just didn't happen anymore. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 49 here in a few weeks. And if I, if I got back into the league, I'd be one of the oldest guys in the league right now. I mean, it's just, it's a younger. So if you're an old guy and you're trying to stick to just like the old school scouting methods, you're, uh, you're really getting pushed out. So I think the best teams are, are, you know, they're trying to really blend the two. I mean, there's, 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 there's definitely a need for old school scouting. I mean, I, I don't think anything, I don't think anything is going to um, overtake what you see on the tape, but having the analytics behind it. I mean, just going back to like when Jerry Rice played and guys like that, you would, you know, Jerry Rice didn't run a great 40 time, but then you never saw him get caught on tape. So, and you'd always hear, you'd always hear scouts talk about, oh, well, he carried his pads well. You know, like he might not have run great in shorts and a T-shirt, but you put those pads on, he's running at the same speed that he would have, you know, and that was always just kind of a catchphrase. And there was always like theory applied to that. But but now there's actual data behind it. Um, you can see the guys. You can see the guys that um, every year I always think it's interesting to, to actually go to the combine, get the combine numbers and then go back and compare them to what we had um, our zebra numbers, you know, in Mobile. And to me, what you're doing on the field in your pads is a lot more important than shorts and T-shirts. Hopefully they line up. You know, in the best cases, the guys are fast in India and they're fast in Mobile. Um, but to me, what happens in Mobile trumps what happens in Indy because you're on a field, you know, a competitive field with other guys, you know, carrying all carrying all the gear with you. So, um, yeah, I think the, the best teams are really trying to blend it. And the best the teams that are are, are doing it the best are, are really being accepting and and really embracing and not just doing it because, you know, analytics is a, a thing their ownership group maybe wants them to get into. But it's it's the scouts that have been raised, you know, old school scouting that are really embracing it and really trying to dive into it. Um, to me, there's a difference. You know, there, there, there's a difference between teams that are, you know, have an analytics department and teams that are really embracing the analytics department, if that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. And, and look, I'm there with you and having been on the ground looking at, you know, playing, playing speed versus just lining up in a singlet to run the 40. 
the story behind the playing speed it makes resonates a lot more myself as a fan but also as evaluators you certainly uh, want to see that that football speed and, and we see that a lot when we look at the data from next gen stats for example all right jim so i'm going to segue here as we wind down but um you know Tell our, our listening audience here at Zebra, you know, as far as the makeup of your um, Reese's Senior Bowl staff. I mean, you, you have an exceptional staff that I've had the pleasure of working with the last two years as we prepare. And, and Zebra is a, uh, an official sponsor to provide the player and ball tracking data. But just give our, our listeners a little insight into kind of the makeup of the Senior Bowl and then give us a few, um, you know, reasons why some folks should come out to Mobile for a visit. Yeah. Yeah, we, you know, we've almost had two staffs now. We've got our in-house staff who, who you know intimately, Adam, with, with Elizabeth and, um, it's a, we, we've got six full-time staff members here in Mobile and, and we do things in the community year round. Everyone thinks we just put on a game and then we just chill out for the rest of the year. That's not what happens. Like I said, we've, we've got a youth flag league down here. We, we do an event around Thanksgiving with the youth tackle teams in the area. We do a lot with the high school teams in the community. So we're trying to, we're really trying to support every level of football, uh, do a lot of fundraising stuff in the community for the local high schools. Um, and then we have our, we have our scouting staff. Like I said, I mean, they were, these guys were, you know, from LA to Montana to Arizona, Chicago, Charlotte, Dallas, Kansas City. And we were, we were all over the country, um, having these guys. But this year we had nine former NFL scouts with 173, I think, years of NFL scouting experience. So, so those guys are those guys are out in their locations and and uh, so we kind of got a that's kind of our satellite staff but uh, no a reason to come to Mobile it's really a unique week I mean Mobile is a mid-sized city it's got a really small town feel to it uh, but the NFL descends on Mobile for that week I mean like I said 900 people credentialed head coaches GMs it's kind of a who's who of the NFL uh, I always joke that if you if you put a lawn chair out in front of Senior Bowl headquarters here which is right downtown Mobile. I mean, you would you would you would see, um, you know, everyone that anyone in the NFL walk by at some point. I, mean, I, I went into a bar two years ago to meet up with someone real quick. I, I was not drinking. I promise. I don't I don't <laughs> I don't imbibe, I don't imbibe during Senior Bowl week. But um, there was three head coaches sitting at the bar drinking beer together. So um, it's just and it's laid back. It's really it's it's not like Indianapolis. I mean, the combine is, a you know, it seems it has a lot more of a corporate feel to it where this has a lot more of a, like a grassroots kind of. Um, and it's in, in practice is unbelievable. The new venue at Hancock Whitney Stadium, um, which you guys put your technology in a couple of years ago, has been a game changer for us. I mean, the whole vibe of practice feels a lot different than it's ever felt. Um, so it's just a really, really you can get close up to the players. You can get in the middle of these drills. I mean, it's if you love football and you love the NFL and you love the college game, really the Senior Bowl is is the one place where it all comes together. It's where college and football and pro football really intersect. Um, so it's just, a, it's a really fun week. Again, it, sh- it should be a bucket list item for anyone that follows the draft process or, you know, is really a, a big fan of either, either college or pro football. Hey, I absolutely agree. Having attended twice, um, I will say that this is a really special week that brings college and NFL football together. It also happens to typically be around Mardi Gras and there's always a great parade on Friday night with the players. But uh, yeah, Jim, you have a great staff. You guys have treated Zebra, um, like a royal partner 
And uh, we, we love the relationship. And again, Elizabeth's been fantastic to us. But I'll also mention, you know, I'm not that far away in Jacksonville Beach, Florida. And I've already told my wife and kids that we want to make a trip out there just to enjoy the uh, the, the southern hospitality of Mobile. Uh, the people in the, in the food scene is fantastic, by the way. If you love good food. There is great food. Um, I do recommend you like a great cocktail. The Haberdasher is a great spot to uh, also check out. But, um, yeah, you, uh, Mobile is a beautiful, fun city, and uh, we look forward to coming back out again as well as the Zebra Sports team to deliver those uh, real-time data. Uh, Hale, over to you. Yeah, having lived in Alabama for four years, there's not a, not a better spot other than Tuscaloosa, of course, in Alabama <laughs> as Mobile. It's a beautiful place and, uh, it certainly sells itself. So we appreciate that, Jim. I, I think you'll get some, some visitors after this. But lastly, our listeners will want to know, who do you think will go as the top three picks in the draft? Oh, that's a, that's a good one. Um, Thanks for saying all that, by the way. I mean, I, I, I'd be remiss. I mean, I, we value this partnership so much. Zebra's brought so much to, the, to what we do here in Mobile, and, and we love love having you be a part of it. Uh, again, I think it's value to our players. It's obviously value to the teams, and you've brought a ton to the week. So, Adam, it's been it's been really cool having you down here the last couple of years, and and uh, would love to get you back in the off season if you want to come down and, and hang out a little bit. But, uh, no, we, we love everything you bring to our game. And, and in terms of this year's draft, I mean – Hell, probably a couple of these guys that, that you know I think could go in the top three. I, I'd be surprised if Bryce Young um, and C.J. Stroud, the quarterback from from Ohio State, you know, obviously Bryce Young, the quarterback at Alabama, weren't the top two picks just because there's a couple QB needy teams there at the top with the Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans. Um, I don't know what order that's going to be. Um, if it were me, I would I would probably take Bryce. Um, and then Will Anderson, you know, I, Will Anderson's a guy that I don't know if you had any crossover there. Hell, if he was a, like a true freshman, um, I'm not doing the math in my head probably right right now. But but Will's been, you know, one of the most disruptive players in college football since he he, he got on campus there in Tuscaloosa. So um, would have a hard time seeing anyone on the defensive side of the football in this year's draft being taken ahead of Will Anderson. Um, so, again, it, it, it can change. You know, another quarterback might slip in there. Who knows? Everyone everyone kind of reaches for those quarterbacks. But um, if I if I was a betting man right now, I'd probably say Bryce and CJ and, and Will would be those three guys. Yeah, that's perfect. And as you said, I uh, luckily was leaving as Will Anderson was entering, so I didn't didn't have to didn't have to deal with him. He uh, certainly gave some of my friends a, a rough time, and uh, it will continue to do that in the NFL, I'm sure. But I had enough fun with Montez Sweat, as you said. He was uh, he was a beast. And then I got to and then I got to go against him for a couple years in Washington as well. So that was fun. And uh, Adam, anything else? No, hey, Jim, this has been fantastic. Thanks so much for, for your time, uh, the in-depth uh, discussions. And, uh, look, we look forward to seeing you back in Mobile for the 2024, the 75th Reese's Senior Bowl. And um, hopefully I'll see you in the offseason at some point over the weekend as well. But uh, from Chalk Talk, uh, this has been Adam Petrus. And Hale Hentius. And we are signing off. Jim, thanks again for being on. And for all the Zebra Nation, find us on Zebra's Your Edge blog. Thanks for listening, everyone.